Sabine, thank you very, very much for joining me. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this conversation. First of all, it's... I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, uh, listen, you were my editor, right? So I think that a little bit of background, I met you as part of the Inishotech book. And that was, I can't believe, but that was at least four, if not five years ago. That's correct. So we worked on the InsurTech book in 2017, and we finished the book in May, between March, May 2018. That's when we published it. So yes, we know each other for at least five years. And that was, an, I, I can't thank you enough, you, Susan, and I'm very sorry for forgetting the, the name of the other uh, co-editors. And needless to So you have... And you have Suzanne, you have, for sure, myself, but you also have Nicole Anderson and Sean Milley. Yes. And Sean, I had a great opportunity to meet a few times later. And was it Blue Hair that she's running or? Yeah. Correct. So she runs Blue Hair. Um, I guess a, a platform to enable women in tech. Uh, new entrepreneurs to do PR and marketing better. She sits on a few boards. Uh, she has a very loud voice because she knows insurance for her, you know, having worked in it for over 20 years from, you know, looking at it from probably a much more marketing and branding viewpoint, building some of the um, greatest event with, with insurance times, actually. And um, that's the way I met Sean at the time, many years back. <laughs> and that's a, a shout out for all of these very respectable and successful women. And how about you? Are you working on a new book? Do you have anything else besides building new companies and investing in ventures? So, yes, I, you know, past 18 months has been really focused on building Alchemy Crew, um, taking all the things I learned for the past, you know, six years, building Accelerator and bringing it to the next level, um, you know, combining investor thinking with startup growth and venture thinking and really listening to insurers. So I tend to still be very much concentrated on the insurer, but we get approached, you know, by other industry, which is also fascinating. So yes, building a company, maybe building a second company, because why stop at one? But, course, what I'm, yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, working on really understand what corporate venturing is. So, yes, I'm working on my next book and I want to be kind of different. You know, it's not just about writing like mm -hmm. you. You are uh, running podcasts and webinars and the voice of. I want to learn from people out there. So I spend a lot of reading the theory. Because I'm also a professor at Bias Business School, where I teach InsurTech disruption, um, 
once a year, right? But it's mm-hmm. a lot of work to build for yeah. uh, that uh, course for the executive MBAs at CAS Business, well, now Bias Business School, uh, mm-hmm. which therefore forces me to look at theory and uh, really understand, you know, the, the pillars of how things work. But I want the voice of practical, real people. And so it's fin- finding the balance between the two to then start writing. There are so many, I, I don't know, milestones in your career. And people don't know that, I think that they don't know, most likely they do, that you started actually at Lloyd's of London. Then you were in other insurance space. And then I think that uh, from the InsurTech, well, there wasn't really InsurTech before that, but that was Startup Bootcamp. How how did you get there before we'll actually talk about Alchemy Crew? Because that's that's like the be, the, the interesting, the latest uh, news, right? So I've been in insurance for 25 years. I started my career a long time ago uh, at Lloyd's of London. I arrived in the UK doing a program which has been the most important and amazing program in my life called Erasmus. With Brexit, Erasmus has been cancelled, I guess, uh, last last year, uh, which is very sad. Um, But I came to the UK through a program called Erasmus, which allowed me to go and study overseas. And I fell in love with London and I stayed. Um, After those studies, yes, I went into uh, insurance. I started my career at Lloyds of London. I was fortunate because I was working as a graduate trainee in a broker and I learned a lot around fine art and diamonds and beautiful art and uh, expensive people as well. You know, I could see how you ensure the voice of Madonna or the foot of, um, of Beckham, all these things was going through Lloyd's beside the satellite and all those things. So um, it was great to learn uh, the, the world of insurance and underwriting, but also I became a regulator. So once upon a time, regulation was at Lloyd's, so don't ask me for my age. And um, then I went to do my MBA and move into companies uh, serving serving insurance. So work for IBM, IBM acquired PWCC, Monday. So I work for the consulting part of IBM. I then decided great to produce those beautiful reports, the strategy reports, but I want to get my hand dirty around execution. So I moved into technology, strategy, um, and partly AI, I mean, predictive analytics, sorry, it was called predictive analytics. And so worked on really amazing initiative, global initiative. I was part of a SWAT team. We worked with some of the biggest bank and biggest insurer. It was traveling the world and solving for wealth management and insurance, you know, operational excellence uh, type initiative. You know, it was all around the operating model. So making it better, faster uh, and leveraging strategy and technology to make that happen. And then I moved to a company like FICO and Pega where in FICO, I was working on risk management. So using predictive analytics for risk management. And in PEGA, it was predictive analytics for customer experience. So there's a thread around everything. And then the last corporate I worked for 
was called SSP, Core System, you know, a UK-based company uh, comparable to Guidewire. And I was head of strategy of innovation there. And from there, there was the leap into ventures? So the leap into ventures was, yes, at SSP, I had the fortunate opportunity to work with their uh, PE, private equity. So SSP was owned by private equity and I was reporting to the PE fund on strategy. And then that got me interested in, in working with investors. And after five years working with the great team, a great team over there, you know, I learned a lot. I hopefully delivered a lot of value as well. I decided to move into fintech. So a group of investors, connections, asked me whether I would consider helping them with one of their ventures. And I thought, why not? Let's look at what this fintech thing is. That was in 2014. And um, after a year, I said, you know, this thing's called fintech has to happen in insurance. And then I set up my first company where I was starting advising Lloyd's Accord, the LUA around innovation strategy and looking at insure techs to do that. And the first company I was actually supporting is and was Tractable. You can ask Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first company I was uh, engaging with uh, a long time ago. After that. And then after that, start a bootcamp. So it was, um, so Startup Bootcamp, InsureTech, Hartford InsureTech Hubs are accelerators, insurance industry accelerators, and Startup Bootcamp as um, a series of accelerators uh, focuses usually on industry. You will see, you know, sports tech, transport, um, you will see a variety of topic and uh, they had started with FinTech in London and in Singapore and at the time, my dear friend Nick Tyers approached me and said, you know, would you consider um, taking over InsureTech? Now it's interesting because my lens of the world of insurance was insurance. That's it. I was only talking to insurers. I was traveling the world, you know, from Australia to Singapore um, to the US to just meet insurance companies. So, and, and also helping shape uh, innovation conferences. So the interesting thing leaping into um, the accelerator world is that now you actually, you are able to touch not only the insurer, but then you also have different stakeholders, investors and the startups. And I guess when you look at um, the hockey stick, you know, as to how many people know you, I was able with that um, project to, I guess, spread my name, I guess, globally, probably much faster. <laughs> but to answer your question around accelerators. So the interesting thing about accelerators, I think, is they are needed and they are really key to help uh, corporates, if they are industry accelerators, interact with ventures and really understand new topics, new problems, and actually start seeing how that problem is going to shape itself. 
So I think the best way to, to start understanding a major change in industry is really good to do it with an accelerator. So today you will see stuff coming up with sustainability tech, um, which is, you know, people are still trying to find out what it means to our world. And when, you know, you have understood, observed, understood what it is and how you can integrate those type thinking in your organization, usually you need to move to the next thing. And so what you probably saw is, you know, as we were running Accelerator, three-month Accelerator, where we would welcome startups to collaborate with ventures, with um, corporates. And at the end of the process, for me, it was, you know, probably commercial pilot and POCs. When you actually see the evolution, then you, you move to what we call venture labs, which are very much problem-centric. So corporates will come with specific problems, big problems. And then what you need to do is my strategy is always why build when you can partner, you can build stuff, but let's think about time to market, right? So why build when you can partner and if there are solutions available, which are very cheap for you to implement, let's just do it. Like Nike would say. Um, so that is where, you know, my sweet spot is and execution for me is partnership or accelerating thinking around investment. So that is my, my number one area. But what you find is, again, evolution is that a lot of companies now approach me and Alchemy Crew for venture building. And so my, my way of looking at the problem is probably slightly different. I don't, I'm not, I don't think everybody needs to build a EPO or lemonade. Um, I look at problems which probably are, um, you know, still disruptive but can be solved slightly differently. And so, because there's so much big space around venture build and it depends how you want to interpret it. So yes, you know, there's an evolution from mm -hmm. acceleration to what I was doing co-creation labs, where I became probably less visible in 2019, where I was refining that method with a number of insurers and a lot of adventures. And then now we have, um, we are scaling our model to make it really easy for uh, insurers to get outcome done in, you know, four to six months. And then the bigger project will be probably 12 months. I think that you covered so many different things that I should have taken notes. So I'll remember all the follow-up questions that they want, because besides that, and, you know, starting to dive into Alchemy Crew, um, and I need to give a shout out to Roberta Profeta. She was back there. She made the first introduction or brought to my attention a boot camp and what you're doing. Uh, she was with, uh, or still is with Insa Sao Paulo. Back then yeah. she was based in uh, London. Um, so that was a shout out. Yes, um, beautiful Roberta. We missed Roberta. We want people to be traveling back to London. Very energetic, Roberta. She's wonderful. That, yeah, wonderful. Uh, she, and I you have a lot I, of wonderful people you probably met when you came to, to London. You know, you mentioned Roberta. I met Mike Siegel through Roberta as well. You know, it's interesting how, you know, our community and network gets to connect with one another. It's every time that people, you know, I was just in Israel for uh, four weeks in New York. And, you know, the, the, we, we keep talking about that it's a global industry, but at the end of the day, it's very small. And yeah. I know that you cannot travel to ITC, but ITC is such an incredible, I would say, example of how, you know, a show of, you know, that's the number of people who affect this industry and it's yes. growing. 
and it's Absolutely. amazing. But let's let's continue talking about you because that's the main thing. People, you know, tuned in not to hear me, to hear you. Um, a few months ago, I had uh, Dan White we, uh, from 90. He came to talk about ESG and 90. And he touched a little bit about his involvement with Alchemy Crew. So you, Min, Alchemy Crew, that's, as you said, that's the next level. What are you guys yeah. focusing on? So when you, you look at the reason why we came together is you know all three of us working in insurance and we wanted to look at the problem um i hope slightly differently so dan's focus is very much on innovation is is great framework is one two three and enabling insurance company to either train to do innovation or to actually start looking at the framework to build and shape the right propositions now mina and i know each other for a very long long time because we always wanted to set up a fund together. So me look at the problem from a proper venture capitalist viewpoint is an investor. And so two part, you know, my portfolio of startups, the startups I've worked with for the past five years, you know, mean will help me see whether we can help them with investment. Um, it will look at the, you know, is a term sheet or is going to look at the, um, the deck with me. But means is all about uh, working with insurers as well and setting up funds. So for sure, part of the proposition is uh, building funding through the Mandalore brand. So we, we split the brand uh, based on core competency. Really, Alchemy is about corporate venturing 101. Mm -hmm. Mandalore Partners is VC as a service, is really getting the fund built for uh, insurance companies and it means alchemy can become the R&D lab or the um, venture builder, the transition between the two to actually identify winning proposition and hopefully bet on what we all are looking for, unicorns, right? Interesting. No, it's very interesting. So you have an R&D arm and you have a VC for as a service. Yeah. How, how is that, how that works exactly? So, in, I mean, I would say insurers approach us, the one who actually want to, to learn about investing. A lot of insurers still do not have a fund. And um, depending as to how much risks they want to take around building their fund, we uh, create and design funds based on their needs. Well, Mean does. So that Mean, chop, chop. That's your job. Um, but yes, Mean focuses on looking at the needs um, for for fund. And, you know, it's not. It's also looking at asset classes. So it's about looking at new asset classes coming into market and helping our partners or LPs to become a bit more disruptive and actually have somebody really dedicated on getting done, not done right. A lot of think of CVCs, some have succeeded, some have failed. And when we get approached by, um, I want to say failed, sorry, I apologize. It's what I mean, I, I've done not as well as they hoped to do. At the end of the day, when you do InsurTech, for instance, it takes a long time. You know, I got that, you know, you've seen the numbers, you know, it takes seven to 10 years to, to get a unicorn. So imagine how long it takes to actually 
get you know a portfolio of ventures in insure tech to actually yield the right return, partly in B2B, where you know it can take up to 18 months to close a deal with a, a large corporate. So what Mean aims to do is look at the venture, the venturing problem, the investment problem from a corporate viewpoint, but also therefore providing the capabilities to actually achieve or get the results done faster. That means we do a lot of math. We have to uh, do a lot of scorecard and evaluation. And um, yeah, Mean does that. So what is the challenge that the corporate or the insurance companies are facing that they need your help? So the when you look at the established players, I think for the past 18 months, different organizations have experienced different challenges. Mm-hmm. Because those who actually invested in innovation, right? And so they have not seen major change except people, you know, as you know, working from home and adapting. Uh, lifestyle working from home. But those who actually potentially didn't look at digitization um, deep enough have had to keep the light on, right? So when today you go and talk about, you know, the next big thing and getting them to want to think about, you know, collaborating with ventures or solving for what I call horizon two and three things, they look at it as like, no, I'm just doing efficiency right now, right? I just need to to deal with things which were broken already, which I need to repair now. So when you look at big organization, you will find that there is probably um, two groups of um, companies, the one which are going to try to move fast and, and those who actually have to, you know, keep the light on and just repair what is broken. So you will see a big differentiation or the big, big, um, big gap between those focusing on efficiency, innovation, right? Claims particularly, or, you know, using automation to sort out things which should be working for their customers. Mm-hmm. And those who are going to focus on what I call um, product service innovation, sustaining innovation or game changing innovation. And probably you will see that, you know, by reading, you know, coverager and uh, you will see, you know, if you talk, if you see the type of activities some insurers are working on and the uh, partnership they are uh, uh, doing with uh, ventures, that can give you a view as to who is doing what. Yep. I think today companies need to be really problem centric, though, and so they just need not to go and look at too many things at the same time. They have to make fewer bets potentially but the right one. And it's why, you know, when, when you ask me, you know, what challenges or what things I've seen from talking to the large corporates that are trying to solve for, health and wellness, you know, behavioral health is a big issue. You know, I remember six months ago, a lot of them was asking me about mental health. Now we have moved to mm-hmm. behavioral health and the whole um, digital health ecosystem as how to, to build for the customer of tomorrow, partly if it's a Gen Z or a millennial. Then I think the second bucket, which is, as you know, very important to me, sustainability. And I look at sustainability from a transition economy viewpoint, shifting business model. Your client of tomorrow, energy companies, are not allowed to use fossil fuel anymore. They have to move to renewable energy. So what does that mean? And you have to use a lot of tech to make that transition. So it means you end up 
having to deal my third pillar, emerging risk. So, you know, what are the emerging risks we need to deal with? And so also, I'm not trying to build the ocean. I want to be super focused, going to depth around a few things. And those are, I think, some of the challenges the organizations I'm working with are highlighting they want to solve for. Thank you. Now, we are reaching the last question. And that's the same question that I'm asking everyone that comes on the show. Please okay. give us a recommendation of a life hack, a book, a great audio book, whatever that may be, uh, that you picked up in the past, uh, what are we now? 18 months, yeah. If we're saying COVID started in uh, March uh, 2020, yep. So if you want a hack um, around things I'm, I guess, working on, so I guess there are two, two, I mean, two things. Uh, I spend a lot of time, you know, I love Alex Holston Water. So this is, I think, something, and a lot of my methods, a lot of new things I'm doing is based on that, the Invincible Company, how to build unicorns. Um, but the other one is probably because, uh, as I said to you, I'm really big around corporate venturing. Um, mm -hmm. One of the, I think, interesting book is uh, from Hedy Mason. Corporate venturing. A survival guide where you actually, interesting enough, you will see Mini Cree being exhibited in there. <laughs> Fantastic. Sabine, thank you very, 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 very much for joining me today. It's been an honor hosting you. Thank you for your time. My pleasure, Gilad. Always there for you. And enjoy ITC. I can't wait to see the social media. I can't wait to retweet and to like. So make sure that there's a lot of things happening. <laughs> uh, it, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I hope to see you soon. Cheers. Same here. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.